Hi, I'm Kim Fisher with ABC4 Utah, and you're listening to KU Radio. This is Chris Hollifield from the I Am Salt Lake podcast, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. Hey, this is Jay Whitaker of the Geek Show podcast. You are now listening to Old Ute Radio. Tune in now, because it's about to go down. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear and listen to OU Radio. This is Rebecca from All You Radio. Tune in and catch the show live every Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Or catch it after on demand at KUradio.org. And it hurts so good. Welcome to the University of Utah. This is Old Ute Radio. Welcome, Becca, back from vacation. How it are you? It was great. Yeah? Um, I'm still tired. You're still tired? I come back more tired. More tired from what? Vacation. Why? I don't know. You stay Every up time later? I go, I mean, no, I get more sleep, probably. I just, I don't know. I always come back more tired, like I need a vacation from vacation. And maybe it's because I drive. Do you eat more? Do you exercise less? Watch more TV? I don't even, I watch more TV probably, but I don't even exercise less or eat more. I just like, it gives me a lot of anxiety traveling because I'd have so many things to remember and you're like, oh, what if I forget that? And so there's like the whole ordeal of packing for a whole day and then there's driving and vacationing. I like it. I just it. don't do well. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good driver? Like I hate driving long distances. Like. I have all this beautiful furniture to pick up in California, and I won't go get it because... You hate driving? Yeah. That's not even a bad drive either. It's 12 hours. I like it. I don't mind driving. I'm a pretty good long-distance driver. You should be a truck driver with Dakota. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I could like that, though. No? Why not? (laughs) Because you're not crazy? Well, because I can't drive a truck. (laughs) That's for sure. That's so much stress. I drive a little PT Cruiser, and I'm like... I feel like it handles like a boat. <laughs> so we have a tremendous show today. Whee. We have Jay Whitaker coming in. I've been told the hardest working man in Salt Lake City in terms of comedy. He's all over the place. He travels all the time. And he's tremendously funny. He's a co-host of the number one podcast in the state of Utah, the Geek Show Podcast, I believe it is. And then after that, we have Mr. George Severson the news director of ABC4 Utah, one of the kindest, most gentle men I've ever met, and the amount of sacrifice that he gives up in his life to report on news for the state of Utah and its citizenry is phenomenal. 
tons of questions I want to ask him, hmm. such as, where is the state of journal- journalism? Are they still watchdogs for the government? What's the process of getting into journalism and becoming a famed anchor? Because that's the goal for every reporter is to become not only an anchor in a local market like New York or L.A., but to become the national anchor, you know, where there's like four of them in the country. I mean, in terms of odds, uh, you have a better chance of getting into the NFL draft than you do becoming a national anchor. I never really thought about that. Yeah, it's tremendous. Like there's like four of them. You know, and we all remember the I Walter. I never even thought about wanting to be one, and now I do. <laughs> you <laughs> well, made it sound so exciting. You're a good reader. <laughs> you're very beautiful. You have charisma. Don't make me cut my hair short. <laughs> Depends on your news director and general manager. <laughs> but you have such nice hair. I doubt it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you were surprised by the beginning of the show with what I played. This thing here. Oh, yeah. You has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, We Tu Lo, Ho Li Fook, and Bang Ding Ow. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't figure out how that... I mean... <laughs> so an intern, like a summer intern, wrote it. Yes. They put but it into the te- teleprompter machine. How did it get... How did that even happen so there was a big i think it was like an asian airliner crashed in one of the san francisco airports and so it was breaking news they just popped in like the anchor was probably writing a story for something else yeah breaking news must go to the desk turn on the cameras producers are scrambling to write their scripts into the teleprompter so that the anchor can do her job yeah and she failed miserably because she got sabotaged but, but what is she supposed to do? I mean, so what do you do? As you don't her? read that. <laughs> you don't you don't read this. KTVU has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, <laughs> Wee Tu Lo, Ho Li Fook, and Bang Ding Ow. Obviously you know what I mean? not. Have you ever? <laughs> yeah, like, I can't blame her. If you're like on air and you're like, really paying attention you're just reading and you're going you're staying poised i wouldn't have even realized i just said like we too low so imagine and i know that george severson's probably never had this happen to him could you imagine what that news director was thinking when he saw this i mean you go into total panic mode because that's very offensive yeah (laughs) that's racist right yeah (laughs) so maybe we'll ask george about that What do you do when someone sabotages you? Yeah. I mean, what what if she had, like, what if she had refused to read it? Like, what if she saw it, kind of realized something was weird, and was like, we don't have the names of the captains yet, here's what happened, and then move on, if you think that's happening? So that's what you have to do. But then what if those were their names, and then it's, like, backwards racist, because you were like, that looks funny. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, what if you didn't (laughs) read it, and those were actually legit, and then later... You get in trouble because you didn't do your job and read what was on the screen. That's one of the hardest things about being in front of a camera. You're on live television, and most anchors, if you watch around the country, aren't good at ad-libbing. Yeah. They, <laughs> they stay on script because it's very important to be factually correct yeah. on air. Like, the worst thing you can do is, is misrepresent the truth or the 
truthfulness that you're trying to relate to your yeah. community. And she failed miserably. <laughs> oh, that's like a lose-lose. But they didn't fire her. They fired the producers. They, the intern left. They suspended a bunch of people. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that still gets me. I can't even believe it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> There's that's fails like that everywhere. Yeah, but like <laughs> a summer intern gets that much power? <laughs> well, so when I was interning... I was the last line of defense before they went live. So all the sublines, like I had to make sure everything was spelled right. I had to make sure that the names were right, like yeah. the company names were right. Because it's very important not to make silly mistakes like that. Like the credibility goes right goes down the way window. Down. And so when you're an intern, you know, at least the places I've been, they treat you as a team member. They expect you, and you're basically every day auditioning for a job. Yeah. And... If you choose just to sit at a desk and play video games, they'll let you do that to get your credit. But if you really want to get into that field, you make yourself part of the team. And so every person at a newsroom is responsible for that content going live and clean and getting uninterrupted. I want to I be an anchor now. I bet you Johnny McKeon would let you, would be able to get you in to let you sit in on a new set. Seriously? Yeah. You got I'm sure George Severson, if you <gasps> ask. I'm going to be so nice. I'm going to be like, hello, sir. You look ravishing. I'll oh, butter him right up. He's tremendous. He's one of the kindest men I've ever met. And so I'm, it's going to be a great conversation. And Jay Whitaker, I've known, he came on our show way back in the early 20 episodes. He called in one day. and it was Like over a year ago then? Yeah. And he was phenomenally funny. And I've seen, he does a lot of hosting. He does hosting for, like, so there will be a headliner, like Steve Solberg, right? Mm -hmm. And there will be a general host who brings in the opening acts, sets everything up, yeah. keeps the ball rolling so that the patrons don't walk out and not drink. I didn't know that's what the host did. Yeah. And he's great at it. And he's got great charisma. He's on television all the time in the morning. I know he does a lot of work with ABC. I've seen, I think I've seen him on other places, but I don't want to say. So he'll be in. Exciting. So for you listeners, thank mm -hmm. you for enjoying OU Radio. We work really hard at booking. I know that down the road we're going to have the LGBT Resource Center coming in. We're going to be talking about gender-neutral pronouns. We're going to be talking about uh, bathroom equality. We're going to be talking about discrimination. and Some good stuff. Yeah, because it's important. We have a new president of the ASUU at the University of Utah, Justin Ray Spangler. Justin Spain. I don't even remember any of the people that ran when it was like. Well, that's who won. Oh, okay. That's who the great students of the <laughs> University of Utah. Jay's asking if we have coffee. Darn it. <laughs> no, we failed. We're so cool except for not having coffee. <laughs> Sorry. What a bad idea. We should always have a coffee pot in here. Ah, let's get a little table up over there. <laughs> we'll use one of those little cubbies and we'll put in a coffee maker. Let's do it. We'll make this a little home. <laughs> we should. We should have a fridge. We should have a laundry room for all the stinky room? kids that come in here. Yeah, we make them <laughs> wash their clothes first. They actually can't even come in until they have. Should have done that a while ago. Yes. So everything else is going good with you. Yeah. Justin Spangler. Spangler. That sounds like such a patriotic name because like stars. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for like a Billy Bob type thing. Like it's a, <laughs> it's almost really hickish. <laughs> I looked him up. Yeah. Part of the vision party. Okay. What's his bio like? 
Oh, I'm, a, I'm on his Facebook. Oh. <laughs> I'm so creepy. So Sam Ortiz, off to Columbia for his graduate school. Going to live in New York. He's going to be so successful. I bet. But thanks I'm for so jealous. I want to go to Columbia. You want to go to Columbia. What are you thinking about for graduate school? I want to go into neuroscience. Yes. And I want to go far away. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if I'm going to go, it might as well be somewhere new and exciting. So it'll get me through the first year of like motivation, at least. <laughs> you know, and then go from there. But I have to take the GRE and the psych test first. So. Ugh. That sounds uh, awful. It's bad. <laughs> But you're very smart, though. I imagine you probably did really well on your SAT, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did pretty good. My ACT is what got me into the U with the scholarship. Because my GPA for high school. What did you get, like a 42 good. or something like that? You can get a 36, and I got a 31. I think I got a 35 <laughs> and a half. 31's not even that good, but it was good enough here. So I took my SAT a long time ago, and my stepdad sat in and took the test, too, because he's a total geek. Really? He just did it for fun? When he was in high school, way back then, he got a 1598. And so when he took it with me, he got a 1600. Shut up. Yeah. How? <laughs> to make fun of me. <laughs> to humble me. <laughs> to make fun of me. See, I probably would have done better on the GRE back when I took like those college tests, because now I suck at that. <laughs> I'm so bad at taking tests now. Why? I don't know. I was looking through the prep book, and I was like, uh... I just can't do them. <laughs> it's going to be hard. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't want to go to graduate school. It's like, I don't really want to spend three months studying for yeah. an arbitrary test. Like, exactly. Yeah, except to me on my talent and my looks, and that's it. Judge me that way. Don't judge my brain. Judge me that Because there's a lot smarter people out there. <laughs> <sighs> so let's go to break real quick. Oh, you have to read some commercials real quick. Yes. <laughs> All of these? Uh, there's a couple in there, yeah. Okay. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have teamed up once again in their new movie, <laughs> Blended. Coming oh to theaters May 23rd. KU Internet Radio wants to send you and a friend to a private screening at the Gateway next Monday, May 14th. Listen for your cue to win coming up. Then be the first caller at 801-585-3449. We're not... Can we... <laughs> Are we doing those on the show? I don't know. <laughs> if you want to call in, we'll give you tickets. Yeah, deal. <laughs> if you call at any time in the show. No, don't call during the interviews. That will turn you oh, off. Oh, not during those. <laughs> but other times, just call. Yes. And Young Jeezy. Like, I don't even know how... We can't even play his hit song. Oh, we can't even talk about that until after the 25th of May. Oh, it's not the 25th of May. Jeez. I don't think any of these apply to us. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Well, we're we did exempt. our job. We win all the time. <laughs> yeah, call in today or tomorrow with the DJs. Get your free tickets. I know Adam Sandler hasn't made a good movie in a long time, <laughs> but he does really well at the box office. Wow. And uh, Drew Barrymore I went to high school with, so go watch that beauty. That beauty. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. This is Rebecca from Old Ute Radio. Tune in to hear the show live every Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Or catch the show on demand at KURadio.org. Hi, this is Doug Diamond with the West Jordan Police Department. 
You're listening to KU Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Keith Stubbs, comedian, entrepreneur, actor, and failed radio personality, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. Welcome back to O-U-R. Too much fun in studio. Not enough paying attention. We keep forgetting that stuff's happening. In studio, we have Jay Whitaker. Hey. Hello, good sir. Hey. Good <laughs> afternoon and good evening. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us on your busy, hectic day as yeah. a star in television. Oh, no, no, no. No. no not no, not no. yet. Not yet. Uh, that's the plan. Yes. I'm just a comedian and some dude who does the Geek Show podcast. That's about it. <laughs> that's not true. I've been told that... You're one of the hardest working men in comedy by several different people. Keith Stubbs, Johnny McKeon, the list goes on and on. Steve Solberg. (sighs) Those guys are really nice, but all I do is really just kind of, you know, go to the gym and watch Netflix. (laughs) 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 I am a a big time Netflix guy, right? I watched uh, season two of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes yesterday. I did it all yesterday. It sounds like what I do. Usually. Yeah, twenty-two episodes. It's like it's about twenty-five. But whoa, yeah. sometimes yesterday? I go on those benders. Yeah, yesterday. That's my Monday. Last, mo- last Monday, like Monday is always the day where I just do absolutely nothing. Uh, last week, I uh, took ibuprofen because I was very uh, inebriated uh, from the night before. Yes, and uh, watched How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. That's my comfort. That movie. is my favorite movie. It's my I've comfort seen it movie. Like, Hundreds of times, I can quote every. I word. stole, I stole the movie poster when it came out. Yeah, I gotta think. You Kate have Hudson. it. Now you These gotta get facts. it autographed. I want to get it autographed because you know she had that beautiful yellow gown. See, with the, the, yes, the shiny yes, band yes, in the middle yes, and the low exactly. cut back, and she's wearing like the Isadora diamond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you not? Movie. Do you not know about this? It's my no. kryptonite. Have you seen the movie? I think I saw so it years ago. Beautiful and adorable. Let me look it up. Here. You, what? You have to look it up. Matthew McConaughey. See, I, I work in TV. I, I don't watch much TV because I spend the whole time like watching camera angles and lighting issues, <laughs> and I get so like, distracted from awful. the technical stuff that everything just goes right through my mind, so it doesn't make sense. You, well, put it on your Netflix queue, Kay. How to Lose a Guy it's in 10 so Days. Good. Is it on Netflix? <laughs> Probably. I don't know, but I, I put it this way. I have I watched the movie on VHS. <laughs> yeah. I think I might still have it yeah. somewhere yeah. on VHS. But I have two DVDs of it because I lost it once, and then I bought it again because I needed it, and then I found it. It's so good. It's we great. should just plug for How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days yeah. for the rest of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> just so you know, my name is Jay Whitaker, and I love the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. We'll, like, plug that everywhere. And, uh... Yeah, a sequel. I, yeah, let's make a sequel. How to lose a How to lose a girl in ten days. 
Kate Hudson's really hot. That's not hard. I, Actually, yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure I can lose a girl, I can lose yeah. a girl in 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's really hot, Kate Hudson. Yeah. Yeah. You just found out who Kate Hudson is. No, I know who she is, but I didn't realize she was in the movie. She's absolutely beautiful. She's cute. My friends would heckle me for watching this movie. Uh, you know what? You it's gotta worth get, it. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I am a comfortable, grown African-American man with my hat backwards, and I am comfortably <laughs> saying. It's like, it's witty and clever. Yeah. There's no shame in it. it. There's a lot of shame in it, trust me. I mean, like, there's... There's there, a little shame? Yeah, there's a little bit of shame, but you just got to own it. Everyone has that guilty pleasure. I like it. What's your guilty pleasure movie? Guilty pleasure movie. Uh, Rad. Red? Really? Yeah. Have you seen Red? Yeah, that's not really a guilty pleasure movie, though. You don't think so? It's like, you're, you know, it's more... That's just a it's just, just an action yeah. movie. I'm I'm talking like you're guilty. You're hmm. I, I like imagine the vow or the notebook. Yeah, or like steel magnolias. You know, like no. something. something <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, what's that movie with Ben Affleck and uh, his cohort and Robin Williams? Goodwill Hunting. That's that's a oh, that's a good that's movie. That's like a good solid classic. We're talking though. about crap chick flick <laughs> movie that you're just like like if we, if i if, like they almost didn't let you see it yeah you if, didn't have a yeah if people oh. were to kick if feds were to come in and kick down your yes, door and you'd be you wouldn't hide the drugs you'd hide the movie yeah first. you're like oh like, no. that's what we're talking about is it like what woman want because that's my number that's two so good. <laughs> that's my number two that's so, so i've been watching total divas recently that okay might be that it. okay there you go <laughs> what's total divas it's a wrestling reality with their oh, wwe I've seen divas that on a couple times i didn't know that's what it was it's called. horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't stop watching it. No. <laughs> no. Just cleared a Red Bull in like ten seconds. It's good for him. <laughs> I drink a lot of Red Bull. How do your teeth hold up with Red Bull? Do you um, get cavities and strong as a horse. No, I actually have zero cavities. Nice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brush and floss. <laughs> Every it's day. the floss, though. You got my floss. dentist. My dentist loves me. So. <laughs> I love my dentist. <laughs> Shout out to your dentist. What about Dr. Brandolino? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I go every three months because I love getting my teeth cleaned. I don't know how yeah. people don't like it. It's yeah. like, don't you brush your teeth? It's like the same thing, but they use that cool ring and they put the grinder oh, yeah. on the gummy stuff and yeah. you hate the way it feels, but they clean it off and it's like berries and they're really like pearly. Exactly. <sighs> you guys. We're, we're too. We're started. Too, yeah, we're too turn up in here. <laughs> it's getting dense. Turn down for dentists. So how'd you get into comedy? How'd you, uh, why did you want to make so people fun? laugh? Yeah. Um, I was, I grew up in Los Angeles and, uh, in the eighties, I'm that old. Um, yeah. I'm a, th I'm a 30 years old man. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> 30 years old. I'm, I'm almost 30 in eight years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Great. That, that's fantastic. Great information. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I grew up, I grew up in LA in the eighties and, uh, just living around in that time, it was it was violent. Yes. And uh, it, it full was, of hate. It was a, yeah, it was a different time, and so like, but I was always kind of a class clown, I guess, and at least I tried to be. I was uh, I was teased because I liked N.W.A. and Nirvana, and that was <laughs> so I was black but not black enough, mm -hmm. you know. And then I used to get my butt kicked uh, when I was a kid for. Uh, I remember I would ride on my bike, and this dude punked me and. Beat the crap out of me, stole my bike. Yes. So then I go to my friends and you know, like, where's your bike? I'm like, I don't know. So then I I go to Venice Beach. I see these white kids skateboard, and then I goes, I'm like, I'm gonna figure out how to do that. <laughs> so about a week later, I you know take my allowance and go buy a skateboard. It was just a little rinky dink. It had like Ninja Turtles on the side. 
Same yeah. kid that stole my bike. <laughs> Checked your board, too. Checked my board, too. <laughs> Beat the crap out of me, stole my skateboard. And then he skates, he skates off of it, totally biffs it, eats crap, <laughs> and he hands me my board back. Yeah. And he's like, you take this. You now, take this. Yeah, and so, Get it away from me. And so, I don't know, that's, that's not really the explanation of how it became funny, but that was just my life. I was always kind of like a weird kid, and uh, then I ended up moving out to Orange County. And um, I befriended a man named Robert Sickles, a good friend of mine. And uh, him and I played football together, ran track and field, and we were really close friends. And he, he was like, man, you should just do comedy. And I'm like, nah, I, don't, I mean, we got, we got the rest of our lives in college to live. And, you know. In college. <laughs> so then, uh, long story short, I go to college down in Cal State, San Marcos. Um, I blew out my knee running track. And then I ended up going to the Air Force. Mm -hmm. as, and so that's what brought me out to Utah. Lo and behold, 9-11 uh, hits well, two years prior. Robert joins the military, uh, Air Force as well. We both join up. I meet up with him in Utah. We happen to be stationed together. Then he gets out a couple years later. I go my separate way. He goes separate way. We're still friends, but then uh, we were supposed to meet up on uh, New Year's Eve of 2011, and uh, he got in, uh, into a fight. There was an altercation. Uh, the dude produced a knife and stabbed Robert in the chest. Yeah. So he died immediately and bled out on the way to the hospital. And long story short, when I was at his funeral, I'm sitting there thinking, how can I honor this man who's given me, you know, one of the greatest things you can give is friendship. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, he told me to be a comedian, so I'm going to give it a shot. So you're and that's, yeah, I know, I know that's the very super sad version, but, that, but <laughs> that's the honest that's the honest story. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I grew up around the comedy clubs a lot as a kid. Living, uh, you know, I used to sneak into the Brea Improv. I used to go to the Irvine Improv a ton when I was like 16 and sneak in. But uh, it was really the catalyst was Robert. You know, like hey, he was a good friend of mine. He was, um, I still talk to his family and everything. And just being around him and just honoring him. So every time I mumble, to um, I, I people, sometimes people catch me mumbling to myself. <laughs> uh, before I go on stage, sure. I'm just talking to Robert. Not I'm like some people think I'm doing my jokes, and no, I'm just talking to Robert. So you're always acknowledging him when you go on a stage. Yeah, I mean, well, in my own way. It's not yeah. like, hey, thanks guys, my <laughs> name's Jay. Um, Robert, this <laughs> yeah. one was for you. But I mean, like you know, it's just every now and then I'll, I will just kind of do something cool. It humbles you. Yeah, well, because it's, it's it's like uh, uh, when he when he passed or. I, when he was killed, excuse, excuse yeah. me. I mean, but murdered, when he was killed, yeah. yeah, murdered, yeah. When he was killed, I'm sitting there looking at him uh, at the funeral, and I'm like, you know, we always used to make fun of each other because we're getting old. We tease each other because we weren't as fast as we were. And I'm like, I'm looking at him. He's like, dude, you're way, you're still way too young to go. So that, the way I realized was well, the way my brain thought of it was I still have more to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was working as an um, engineer's apprentice for a while, and as a technician what type of engineer um communications nice like satellite communications and so that's that's, that's my specialty mm -hmm. in, the, in the military and and so i was work i was doing that uh, in my civilians in my civilian job and then i ended up getting laid off from there and then the comedy thing just kind of started pushing that even harder and it's it's worked out i mean this is this is pretty much my bread and butter i don't want to do anything else you shouldn't. And I've worked in I've worked in some engineering a bit in the communication field. Can I call myself an astronaut because I've moved satellites? Yeah, sure. Why not? Nice. Sure. Why not? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I 
you can call yourself whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. You want say, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna be like my co-host and astronaut. Uh, Trust Sasha me, Sasha Bloom. Doesn't matter. I mean, you might you might as well because there's 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 new guys that'll come out to one open mic and do their first minute, and all of a sudden they're comedians. Yes, <laughs> and we talk about that yeah, a lot so, here. I mean, let yeah. me ask you that question. What is the definition? Like an open micer is not a comedian, correct? You have to be a paid uh, here, headliner. I I still. The, I, I, I hate that I accidentally brought that up, but I mean, like, <laughs> I would just say this: when, when, when you start getting some checks, yes, and uh, you know, by request, you're there to be there. I would say, or when someone wants you there on purpose. Put it this way: <laughs> when another, when a comedian that is a, I hate to say above you, but is a professional mm-hmm. calls you a comedian, then yeah, I would definitely say that. I like it. Who are that, some of the people you've headlined for? Some of the bigger names. Uh, open for, or headlined for, he- headlined, uh, opened. Um, I've opened for. Um, I mean, I headlined my own show. Yes. Um, but I've hosted and opened for Anthony Jeselnik, Patrice O'Neill. I was one of the last people to open oh, for him. Oh boy, you were. I was at that show. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was very that was like I was I had only been doing comedy for like four months. So like Keith Stubbs was very nice to, to let me uh, open for him. <laughs> uh, Patrice O'Neill, Hannibal Burris. Uh, psh- Jeff Dye, uh, Felipe Esparza, Mike Epps, Charlie Murphy, uh, Mark Curry, uh, Baron Vaughn, Black uh, so Lynn Patterson. I just, um, I just got finished opening up from the guys for Super Troopers, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. <laughs> uh, might be opening up for Chris Hardwick in the next uh, week or so. So, I mean, it's just like... I. The list does go on, and I'm not, you know, it's not a home brag or anything. No, sure. It's just like Keith Stubbs def- definitely helps me out, and I owe a lot to him, and he uh, uh, he gets me a lot of work, so I can't complain. I know that when Dwayne Perkins was in town uh, yeah, this I'm last time, too, as well. <laughs> he, he spent like an hour and 20 minutes talking with Johnny. Just, just uh, you know, Johnny's not really going into comedy, mm-hmm. but he loves to write, loves the uh, concept of entertainment. Right. And Dwayne spent almost an hour and a half with them talking about writing, teaching them some different techniques on writing. Do you get a lot of that from the comics that you work with? Um, you, I, every now and then you kind of pick their brain, but it's mostly I, I try to keep it very professional. I mean, at the, like you want to you want to BS with them and yes. have a good time with them, but at the same time, there's a you know it's like when they're visiting out here I, in Salt Lake and, and going to the comedy club in Ogden or wherever. It's like my I the way I see it is I. Granted, I'm from Los Angeles, but Salt Lake is where I got my start. So I want to when I when they come here, I want them to see that there is a level of professionalism, and the guys that are, that are out here are not only strong on stage, but they also got their stuff together, and they know how to handle it and and be a professional at the right time. You know, like there's no there's no problem sitting there just you know uh, going back and forth with mm-hmm. just jaw jacking. But there's plenty of moments. But you know, I, I will ask. Uh, Anthony Justin gave me uh, some of the best advice I've ever. Uh, received was just honestly being writing as much as possible but if you're going to say something because we all know Anthony Justin like says says some things that are can be uh, deemed controversial sure by design yeah and just it'll piss people off but (laughs) if you watch his system I watched him do several shows yeah and the way that he does it one he can get away with it because of that smile he'll Mm -hmm. he'll smile after he's got a great smile Mm -hmm. And but it's ex- also extremely well written, yes. And to the point where it's like the knee jerk reaction is like you just like oh the inst- it's instant laughter and then the audience catches themselves like oh my god I can't believe I just laughed at that that was super inappropriate. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we want. We want to get you to laugh before you get un- uh, before you get uncomfortable. 
and um, not uncomfortable and then laugh. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Morgan told me, um, I, <sighs> which was the craziest thing ever. He is, uh, he he pulls me back. Like he was talking to other comics, but he was specifically grabbed me. You come in. <laughs> and I, he's, I don't know if he was advising me or yelling at me. <laughs> it was so strange. And he was just saying, commit. I, I can't say I can't say fully what he sure. said. He said, commit blank fully. <laughs> I mean, and uh, basically when you're up there, own your time. He's like, don't be afraid, you know, to uh, be yourself. And that was another thing. Bill Bellamy, who another man I worked sure. with, um, who's one of the people I grew up watching a lot. He says, uh, he saw, you know, in shorter sets, you have to take the time to identify and 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 work faster than the audience the the audience's uh, judgment because while you're up while you're on stage if this is the first time seeing you they're probably going to be sitting there sizing you up all right look at this guy blah blah blah, blah. look at his outfit blah 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 they're trying yeah. to figure out everything about so you have to work faster than them so you have to tell them as much about you as you possibly can and beat and almost like kind of beat their brain <laughs> does that make, does that make yeah. sense? It's just, but he's like, that's he, tricky. Yeah, and, and he that's was, some sneaky yeah. shit going on. Yeah, and he was just telling me, he's like, he's like, Jay, he's like, I think you're great, but he's like, I, I don't know who you are when you're up there, and that was, and that, so that really forced me to take a step back and kind of rewrite a lot of things, and just, and so when I have those shorter sets, it's like I let you know exactly who I am. Hey. I'm 30 years old. I have agoraphobia. I have a six-year-old. Blah blah blah. I'm from California. <laughs> da, da, da. It's like so. Uh, I try to do the best I can. So I've been told, or and I even have the impression that the fans who go to comedy shows are there to support you. To, is, su is that to support the, the, com the comedians? The com yeah. Is that not true? Um, I, w I, w I would hope so. I mean, so why do you have that pressure of having to be out in front of them instead of knowing that the 300 people that paid to see you? just want you to be funny you know it's well it's just to continuously be funny i mean and the thing is is sometimes it's like a lot of i, I feel like a lot of comedians we all get tired of telling these these bits that we write and because it's almost like muscle memory yes and i purposely try to forget them because i want to forget them so i can write more stuff because when you write more stuff you obviously you grow but sometimes they just want you to play the hits you know it, it's they don't mind hearing if it's if it's a great bit if it's a great joke they'll love it yeah. No matter how many times you say it, there's stuff that I use that, that I've done almost every single time I headline. I don't like doing it, but people like, they the love joke. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's, uh, and I, I, I'm flattered and I, I feel like it's a great thing, but it's, there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just, you, you just want to put on the, because it's, at the end of the day, it's your, it's your name. It's your name yes. that's, that's out there. It's not like I'm going up there as, you know, Hey, I'm the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm just a member from the Wu-Tang Clan. You know? <laughs> I don't know what my Wu-Tang Clan name would be. It'd probably be like... Uh, they got some funny ones. Law of the Dark Man. They got some... Yeah. They got some good I'd be... Music. I'd probably be like uh, Banana Berry Slurpee or something. Like, I don't know. Like, whatever. Banana Berry Slurpee. Banana Berry Gambino. Whatever. I don't yeah. know. But it... So it's like I would just be representing just the Wu-Tang Clan. It wouldn't be like, oh, Banana Berry uh, Smoothie like totally screwed up the show last night. <laughs> no, it's like, hey, my name's on the ticket. It's Jay Whitaker. Man, that was that a bad sucks. Jay Whitaker <laughs> show last night. So it's just like you want to you do well. Have you adapted to the pressure that comes with that? So far, yeah. I think it's just 
there, there was a there was a time a couple of years ago where I was a little like afraid to do. I was almost afraid to do anything and just afraid to bomb to have those bad sets. I recently had a bad set about three weeks ago that it was just it was just it was just bad. It was bad. Were you tired? Distracted? Tired. I did have a I did have a bad day. I can comfortably say that. But I mean, honestly, it was just I I'm in between material right now. I'm mm-hmm. kind of throwing some of the old stuff out, ushering in the new. And but even so, my energy was off, and it, I just didn't. You know, I bl- I take I'm my own worst critic, so I blame myself for just not giving them a good show. And so, but you need those moments to bounce back from, and you know, sometimes, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm glad that you know, you bomb because once you get over the fear of bombing, you just you get better. Yes. So I've seen you in TV. Mm-hmm. I've listened to your podcast. I think I've heard you on radio too. Thank you. And you're on stage. What's your favorite um, part of media? What do you enjoy the best? I still love stand-up. Stand-up is <laughs> just... Because TV is great, uh, but it's it's people that know me personally. My son gets a kick out of watching me on TV because <laughs> he's just like, because he's like, Dad, you look different. I'm like, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> he's like, they, you know, they put you in... Because I... Uh, I've done like Good Morning Utah yes. for ABC and uh, you know George. He's mm-hmm. you know he's he's brought me through. Um, I've done the Daily Dish before. Um, they they dealt uh, dealt away with that, and I've done a couple other morning shows. But you know it's just more like I get that super excited <laughs> face, like hey guys, let's see what's going on today. Let's you know so it's just like I'm being this Wayne Brady esque version of myself, and it, it's weird. Radio I do like. Um, radio is definitely the second because it's just. I can just sit here and talk, and you have a great voice too. Well, thank you. Yes, I, did, I you know, I I don't, I hate my voice. I hate it, but like, join the club. It's just, but everyone tells me that they enjoy my voice, and I'm like, all right, whatever. And then, but stand up, I love just because you can go up there and create. I mean, yeah, I have an agenda. I want to do forty. Like when I do a headline show, yeah, I have a, a forty-five, mm-hmm. but a show that I normally do ends up being about an hour. Because of there's 15 minutes there, I'll just play around with the audience. Yeah, you need them to drink more, spend yeah. more money. Well, no, it's not even that. But it's just <laughs> like I want to create a unique experience. Like it's it's granted there's some great comedians in 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 town. Andy Gold, uh, he's com- he's got a show coming up soon. Guy Seidel, of course, Marcus, uh, Keith Stubbs, Steve Stolberg, uh, Jose Basio, Patrick uh, Ramirez. Yeah, Patrick P. Rama, like I call him P. Rama. Yes, my dad gave him that name. <laughs> P. Rama. P. Rama. <laughs> um, P. Rama is like awesome. Uh, Christian Piper, who's uh, May yes. 23rd, 24th. Please go see him and Wise Guys Ogden. That dude is awesome, and it's his first time headlining at Wise Guys, and I'm super excited for him to do that. Because nobody, uh, nobody deserves a bigger shot than this guy. I mean, like Christian Piper is one of the in my in my personal favorites, top five in Utah, and gotta have him on the show. We so, will have him yeah, on the show. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. Love, like, don't he's 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 a very talented guy. But you know, all of us are different, and we're all buddies. We're all cool with each other. And I mean, there's a lot of people I didn't name, and that's nothing personal. That's just we'd be here all day. <laughs> we'd be here all day. There's a lot of great talent here. But I want to make it specifically that when you come to my show, I want people to I want to know who's sitting in the first few rows. I want to know who's sitting in the back. Is mm-hmm. it is, is Helen here or oh this guy Harry and his wife Jill? Uh, they they've been married for 24 years and he's an accountant. Blah blah blah. I and and so they remember that. It's like I I write jokes. You know I want those organic moments that are just for them. So they take that home with them. And guess what? They may or may not come see me again. Usually they do. When you create those moments out of thin air and just make the show about them just for a hot second 
Well, that's part of your personality. You're a very kind man. Like, <laughs> you, you, you go out of your way to help young people out. That's what I've heard anyways, that, you know, the younger comics can come up to you and say, hey, I need some help. There you are. And that comes from, is it from a good family? Is it just from having <laughs> your heart broken in the past? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> having my heart broken. <laughs> no, yeah. well, I mean. You know what it is? It's just because I'm still learning as well. And I, I've, I'm, I'm extremely flattered, humbled, and honored when, when people ask me for input. I mean, I, I'm only a few years into this game. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm, I'm grateful and extremely lucky that I can actually make some of a living off of it i'm not i'm not out here balling but I, you know i'm just it's just like this is pretty much it you know like i i've i've sac i've given up um the commitments of a regular job and now so more so focusing on um filmmaking as well that's what we're that's what we're doing today and what, what is that film about um it's not well it's not it's where it's not necessarily film but okay. um well I'm, okay there's the film the uh, juarez 2045 that i have been cast in um it is a it's, it takes place in Mexico, uh, the city of Juarez, where the drug cartels, and it's the year 2045. The drug cartels have been, if <laughs> this is crazy, but they've uh, employed robots to do some of their bidding. And so uh, I play one of the Marines that is uh, sent in to kill these robots and droids. So it's, it's got, it's crazy. It's got guns. I want to play a robot. Yeah. It's got guns, robots, Mexicans. It's like extreme border patrol, like going nuts. It's just like crazy stuff, but they put me in the movie. So that's something I'm going to be working on in June, July, possibly August. Oh, that's um, going to be hot. I haven't seen all the script. They're keeping it very tight lipped. Sure. Um, it's directed by Chris Lee. Uh, and they're keeping it extremely tight-lipped. I think I will live through the movie. Like, I, I, I think the black guy lives through the movie. I, I don't know. That'd be a change. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but another... another what we were doing uh, today um, with uh, my manager was... Um, uh, my manager, Dave Tucker, great guy, um, co-owner of Lee Tucker. Uh, uh, they, they do filmmaking, photography. Mm -hmm. uh, they direct uh, a lot of music videos. Uh, we, we put together this show called The World of Jay and Dave. I have, obviously, I'm Jay, and then there's Dave. And it's our, the, the, the point of the show is to highlight the movers and shakers of Utah. Uh, just basically people, our, our mission statement is to inspire, educate, and entertain. Like, we want to show people what it's, what it's like to live a, the life of, of this certain person. Like, we have an episode where we're going to go down to a winery uh, down in Moab, and then a, a winery down in Orem. I won't. I can't say who, but um, we're going down there, and we're going to learn to make wine. And we're just gonna. We're gonna wake. We wake up with them. We go through their day, and see what it's like. Uh, the next episode that we have today, we did the first episode with uh, Dope Thought, sure. uh, rapper named Dope Thought. Uh, he's opening for Danny Brown tonight, and uh, we followed him to the day. Got up with him. You know, he showered, ate breakfast. We went, did the whole sound check. Went to the studio at Spirit West. And so we follow everyone around, and our our whole goal is to show people that, you know, this is what it takes to do to do this. And it also highlights some of the cool things of Utah. Uh, next week we do uh, Sebastian Velasquez, uh, sure. midfielder for uh, Real Salt Lake. We'll be following him around, and I get to go through practice with them, and it's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we just want to create our own content. You have multiple cameras, GoPros, yes, and all that stuff. There's a lot of GoPros. That I, I don't even know all the equipment. I'm, that's that's mm -hmm. more so Dave's expertise. But 
we have it's a it's a three camera show at, at least two to three cameras i like it and um it's just us following people around and and um <laughs> we're gonna get into some crazy stuff i mean so is that for a web series or is the no. goal to sell it to it's going it's web series or whoever's sure whoever <laughs> wants to you know it's it's really funny when you're at these big news stations and television markets like almost every monday you just see like these groups of different people walking up to management to mm -hmm. try to sell stuff yeah. and you see most of them walk down with their heads down oh, yeah. it's like geez but it's, it's like we but that's <laughs> our whole point is we want to give e we we want to at least try to do something i mean the whole thing is i mean i guess as you said earlier on the show that people say that i'm hardworking. i guess i that's just part of it it's just me i'm trying to continuously keep myself busy you know like because stand up i work at nights mm -hmm. if i've done comedy during the daytime it's not the group it's not the best uh so, but so during the day i want to work on this show i also want to work on um this pilot that i'm also writing i see comedy very much almost like a a swing shift where you get off work about 11 o'clock mm -hmm. but then you have that whole unwinding period where you I don't know you, but you probably go to bed about one or two in the morning, sometimes later. Three. So then, yes, which is yeah. very common. Yeah. So it's really a night job. So then you start the morning. How, do you get enough rest? Do you get to eat right? Does that become taxing? Um, yeah, it does. I mean, like, in with the Juarez 2045 movie, they wanted me to gain about 15, 20 pounds. Of muscle? Yes. And that was, uh, a, that was very taxing just because of the fact uh, I had appendicitis last year, and I lost about 20 pounds. So I had to gain... The, I pretty much had to gain 35 pounds. Yes. So that's called math, people. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so, you know, that just gaining that weight and just being in the gym and being active, that's been, I hate it because I use the words like antioxidants and like You're amino like, acids. Like a good Yeah, like uh, gluten. I've, I've, you know, I, I'm that guy now in the gym. And so... You're like, have you hit your macros, bro? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm using the word bro a little bit more. And, uh, reps. Yeah, reps. Uh, I super set. Oh, I, I use super, I'm doing a super set right now. Yeah, I used super set in a sentence like two weeks ago. And it, <laughs> I just wanted to mega out with a shotgun. It was, it was the worst. I only used it once on accident when someone came to the gym and was like, you done with this? And I was like, oh, I'm doing a super set with that. And then I was like, oh, God, yeah. I can't believe I said that. Gosh. That's the worst. But, 35 you know. pounds. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been. It's I could gain it like. But no, I'm can't. a girl. <laughs> there's, the, there's a healthy way to get it. But you know, it's been it's been it's been fun. But I I try to continuously stay busy, just because, frankly, it, you'll go crazy if you don't. And it can go away so quickly yeah. if you're not in yeah. media. Like if right. you take time off, there's that kid behind you. You know. Right. And and the thing is, this is a, this is still a small uh, a small market. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in Hollywood. I've I've seen how big the market. There's always somebody else. Yes. They, they will find somebody better because guess what? There is a vast pool of people. but And they don't have time to wait around. Yeah. And you know. so, but here it's, it's a, it moves a little bit slower, but it works to, I think it works for not to only to my advantage, but to the rest of the comedians and actors and actresses that are out here. There's so much talent out here. And my goal is to honestly, I, I, I say this and I sound like Mr. Optimistic, positive guy, but whatever. I love it. I, I love this city and I love what it's been able to do for me. And so my whole idea is to bring as much attention to Salt Lake City 
and and not just not just Salt Lake, but I mean Utah in general. Like I want this place to be like a hotbed for comedy, and it's working. Yeah, I, well, I hope so. I hope so. Key Stubbs brings incredible names into mm-hmm. this town. Yeah, and it's it's but it's it also takes. It's not just you know Keith does ev- you know like he does so much, but it it's uh, it's all about the comics too. It's like when we come when the, the our our locals we have strong locals right mm-hmm. now, and I think the scene is probably as strong as it's been. We're a lot of us are doing the work is like yo come see us because we put together these great shows not so it's not only just like if you go to wise guys and there's a guy that's that you never heard of chances are he's a local and chances are he's very talented mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of debate in this city right now whether or not the young comics can't make it in salt lake or do can they make it in Salt Lake, or do they have to go to New York or go to L.A. to make it? And we've seen mixed results, mm-hmm. mostly where they've come back with the Andy Golds and Marty Archibalds. Uh, Hamilton's made it. Pope says he's making it. Uh, what is your advice to young comics uh, on that decision? Well, I mean, it all depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. My situation is I'm a dedicated father. And, yes. you know, some people say, oh, you're stuck in Utah. I'm like, no, I'm dedicated here. Yeah. My son is My son comes first. I mean, and so naturally, that's where I start. Is it starts with my son and I work outward. Mm-hmm. So it that's why I'm like, well, I'm happy here. I get to see my son every day and, and you know, and just and so now why not let it flourish here? There's so much opportunity. I mean, when you think comedy, you're gonna think LA and New York. That's the first tier, that's the first level in my opinion. But it's start breaking it down to those second that second tier of cities. Probably going to mention Seattle, Chicago, Atlanta, Boston, uh, Boston, yeah. Austin, Texas, San Francisco, San Francisco. Yeah. I want Salt Lake to be in that second tier. Right now, we're probably maybe a third level. I don't know, maybe a second. I don't know. But the whole thing is, I feel like we we deserve to but be. We get in. the Carlins, the mm-hmm. Seinfelds, yeah. you know, with it. But we need. But I, I I just expect I expect more because when I hang around these guys that that I that are my my peers, my friends, uh, my fellow comedians, my comrades, you know, and I, like I said, I. I, I see that we have great talent, you know, and it's something that I believe in. And when people tell me that it can't be done, I'm just like, okay, why? <laughs> like, just sit back and watch, and we'll talk in about three years. And if you're interested in hearing some of those great comics he talks about, go into our past catalog at mm-hmm. keyradio.org. Go to I Am Salt Lake, and you can hear a plethora of comics. So. Plethora. A plethora. A plethora. <laughs> so when... What day are you guys doing your podcast? Are you guys doing it live? When can they hear it? Oh, Geek Show Podcast. Go to geekshowpodcast.com. It is hosted by Kerry Jackson of Radio From Hell, uh, X96. It's 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 we're like the geek version of the Wu Tang Clan. No, there's eight members. Yes. Um, So there's Kerry. He's the host. There's Shannon, um, who's who's our crazy. Guy who works at the Seven uh, Eleven, <laughs> not really. I can't say what it works, but we call it the Seven. Sure. Uh, then there's then there's Jimmy Martin, who's uh, uh and and Jeff Weiss, who are from Movie Mouth Off. Uh, they're movie critics, they're film critics. And then there's Scott Pierce, who from the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, who's a TV critic. Uh, there's Lee George Cade, who op- who's uh, owns a Frisch uh, Compassionate Eatery. Mm-hmm. They serve a great vegan food. Great vegan food. And uh, Tony, Too Tall Tony, who he's our um, he's our producer of the show, and uh, and there's and there's me. And you guys no ladies. No ladies. Well, there's there's a geek there's a geek there's a female geek show uh, uh-huh. kind of version. They're the Hello Sweetie podcast. They're great girls. I saw them last night at the uh, we uh, they were screening Godzilla uh, down in uh, South Jersey. Yes. 
And uh, it was pretty good movie you guys were voted the number one podcast in Salt Lake second year running or is it fifth year running this year fifth year, this year. I'm, I'm, pr- <laughs> I'm proud to, I, it's, I've only been with the podcast for a year okay and uh it has been a wild ride like uh comic-con for fan X. I mean just people love the geek show all of our panels were were sold out I mean they were turning the first day they turned uh about 30 people away. The second day, they turned about 100. The next day, it was about 200 people. Like, and you guys are a Sinclair Broadcast production, right? Uh, S- 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 Sinclair. Simmons? Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're not going to kill me. I'm, no. <laughs> it's fine. But that's pretty cool to go from podcasting to getting a radio company, not just a station, but a company to right. get behind you. Yeah, it's it's a great feeling. And, you know, we have thousands of listeners worldwide. Uh, yes. One of our members, Shannon, had a, a, a family incident and uh, basically he had a really tough year and i mean a really tough year uh basically his family died like all of them yeah and uh so what i uh myself and carrie jackson we kind of came up with this idea to uh, do a fundraiser for shannon mm-hmm. and we went to wise guys trolley square which is no longer um, a thing unfortunately uh yeah unfortunately and we did a fundraiser for for geek show to uh, basically it was a fundraiser for shannon so that he could help pay for funeral arrangements for his family Money poured in from literally all over the world. Brazil, we got money from Belgium, uh, Germany, tons of people on the East Coast. Cause, and they're all li- people that listen to the show. We average about 71,000 downloads. Uh, and you guys have great enthusiasm, good professionalism. Yeah. It's very well produced. Thank you. And you guys aren't too full of yourself. So <laughs> you guys are taking a niche of, works, yeah. con- of geekness, and you're rolling with it. You know, y- y- there's no... There's not like a, a geek nausea with your show. There, there's no one, I'm the greatest geek in the world, oh, no. this and that. You guys are we're, just fun. We're, we're not fanboys. Yeah. For folks that are listening right now, like it, if you listen to the show, we, we're not super fanboys. We're like, oh, an episode, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like there's a, you know, we have those moments. But we, <laughs> we, the best voice. Yeah, we make, we make the, the show for people that are just starting out. Like, hey, I just, I just found out what... I just want to know what the Winter Soldier is all about. And, you know, it's it's for like the novice intermediate geek. But it's also good that the expert geeks can enjoy it because it's it's kind of like a way to relax. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, it's just a freaking movie. Like me, <laughs> I, I me, they know me personally. There's some people on the show that um, now Jeff Weiss, he loves casting news. Mm-hmm. Um, he like so when, you know, when the new Fantastic Four, which is supposed to be coming out, he wants to know everyone who's in the cast. Who's in the Who's in the plot? What's the story about? I don't want to know anything. I I hate <laughs> casting news. I'm like I'm, I just want to go into the movie blind like an idiot and just watch the movie because I don't I don't want to know anything because I I enjoy it more. I like to I, I watched Godzilla last night, and I give it, it's a solid like I say B plus A minus maybe right around there. The sound technicians seem phenomenal from the trailers. Just yeah. the amount of work they've money they've put yeah. into the sound. Godzilla, Godzilla does look a little out of shape. Though. Does he? Like, he, he looks <laughs> like he, you like don't believe for a second. He's like, he's like, you guys. He just needs more food. Yeah, he's, he's like, I don't have anything. He just kind of comes out of it. But there was moments in theater where you're just like, hell yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> like this is awesome. And uh, no, it was, it was a dope movie. But you know, that's what Godzilla. we we make we make the show for people that just. Like geek stuff like us, and I'm no expert. My my area of quote unquote where I'm comfortable is is uh, comic books, uh, Saturday morning cartoons, action figures, 
you know, yeah, stop it, Rebecca. I'm turning you on too much. <laughs> I, see, I can see you over there getting a little. I got a great question for you. Since have you a, have a kid, I got a kid. He's 11. What's the best comic book for kids? Because I take him to the comic book mm-hmm. store. I don't know. Once a month, we spend 20 bucks. He gets. Yeah. He, he, uh, do you have any ideas? Yeah. Uh, well, what? <laughs> Help a dummy out. No, no, no. I mean, well, 11 is kind of a, that it's weird a, middle of yeah. the road age. Uh, what does he like right now? It's tough, though, because if you get into the Batmans and the Spider-Mans, you start getting some real sexuality. Dark, yeah, and the darker the, stuff. The darkness. You just got to keep, uh, I would say. Uh, he likes Adventure Time. He Teen likes Titans. Doctor Who. You gotta, uh, I think Teen, Teen Titans, Titans okay. like, in uh, just, because that is, a, that is a, 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 a weird gray area. And you can't pull them back once yeah. they've got into that but adventure time t- yeah you can't go wrong with adventure time i mean sonic <laughs> the hedgehog he's a little he's probably a little bit too it's that's before his yeah. time he's, he he did the iron man thing i think it was a little bit too smart for him mm-hmm. you know when he was in the nine ten year old range yeah i would uh a lot of this because now everything's starting to go but it's spider-man spider-man yeah what am i thinking uh yeah, you can't Spider-Man. go. You can't go wrong with because they make kitty versions like a yep. a, a low a, a toned down version of Spider Man. You just ask for the when you go to I don't know what's your favorite comic shop, but when you go there, just ask them. A lot of the times they they have that little weird gray area of wh- of where your kid should be. My son, he right now he's all about like Sonic the Hedgehog and mm-hmm. the Lego the Lego comics. The Legos, yeah. In the video games, the mm-hmm. Lego video games. Because yeah. I know so little about comics. See, this is why you should listen to a podcast. It's just, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. And we don't just talk about like geek stuff as far as well, we talk about quality movies. Like, uh, uh, we give TV recommendations. Like uh, right now, our biggest recommendation is Fargo uh, on on FX. If you guys aren't watching Fargo, holy crap. Lucky Louis or Louis new yeah, Louis shows back up. as well. Um, I'd recommend the Pac-12 Network. That's where I work. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch your Pac-12. Oh yeah, then uh, <laughs> Silicon Valley. That's another show that we're haven't seen that yet. It's it's solid. I watched uh, like seven episodes of Vice TV mm-hmm. on HBO the other day. I really like what they're doing yeah. over there. Some of their content. I'm not sure. I like journalists cussing. But yeah, you know, so I think they they should probably get a steady cam or quit moving their cameras so much. But what they're trying to do that I don't know if you've seen it, but they're trying to bring back real investigative journalism. So they send reporters out to Syria, to Afghanistan, North Korea, to Detroit, for instance. And oh, it's tourism! St- it's tourism. Oh, this yeah. is great. Yeah, and uh, and they get real, but then they talk with the Shahs and they get into the scrapping crisis in Detroit and they get into AIDS issues and. There was an episode where they got in with a couple of the warlords in Africa, you know, some of the cannibalists and stuff. It's just a very unique, you know, because it's what you don't see in American first world problems. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of get to see, oh, yeah, there's still journalism going on in this world. Right. You know, so it's good to see. That's, that's I need to watch more. I know. I'm now. like, yeah. okay. What do you watch? Just graduated, so I've watched nothing for about four years. Yeah, okay. <laughs> As you should. Good job. <laughs> but now i got to start. I'm, like, making lists here Make, for the summer. You, like, you're sitting there just right now, like, I'm i like, got to read this comic book, watch <laughs> this show, Godzilla's listen to this podcast. Happening. Fargo. Yeah. Got a lot of, you got a lot of stuff to do. I know. Same. Um, before you get out of here, I, I do have a question for you. It's a little bit more serious. 
I was at, I've seen you several times in town. Mm-hmm. I think you're phenomenal. Thank you. But I've noticed that when you host um, open mic nights, West Valley, <laughs> that we get some real racists in this town. And you're very kind with them. Oh, that's right. You were there that night. Oh, were with you the there two that fat night? kids? I want to yeah. know what that night is, oh, you guys. You Woo. tell the story. Oh, so there are these, <laughs> these guys that just... You have this story. I can't tell the story because I get too pissed. <laughs> so I think that there's a place for racism in comedy. But it has to be written perfectly. Really well. And ha- going back to what Anthony Jeselnik said. Yes. These kids were just coming out and bashing Mexicans and... Was some just it wasn't funny. It was un like I almost wanted to like leave. Like because you knew they meant it. I think that's there, but it was just you know, and I don't remember what they said because I wasn't worthy of remembering. But I just remember having this feeling of oh. these kids are gonna get their ass kicked. Like, yeah. And Jay, you know, he was up on stage introducing, uh, and he bit his lip, and he just kind of let him go. He didn't. And is that because you didn't want them to get hurt? Is that you didn't want the crowd to turn on them? You know what? Because there's a responsibility there for you yeah. to keep these kids safe. It's um, there. Here's what I will say. I can't. I have to let people do their time. One, I don't have enough time to bash them because we got you. That it's, night, we have at least thirty yeah. five people that show up, and we got to get the show starts at seven thirty. We got to get them out of there by nine thirty. So, I mean, we got to scramble, put all that people. I got to do a time in between when, you know, maybe four guys eat crap and I got to kind of bring the audience back into it. <laughs> or if I'm eating crap and they don't like me, then I just I bring everybody up as quickly as possible. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, you have to. And, and as a host, you have to figure that out. Like if, yeah. if, the, if there's a lull in the audience, is it because of, is it because of you? Is it because of is it because of them? Is it because whatever you have to figure it out? And um, I, I let them do what they want. The reason being is because, who knows? It, 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 may, be, it may just be a very raw bit. And they, you know, it, it could progress to something great. I mean, it's like, have a point. You know, granted, open mic is one of those rare occasions where you get to, you pay to watch people practice. Yes. You're watching, you're, it's like you're going to the Utah Jazz and they're, practice and they're going to you know miss a couple shots actually they're going to miss a bunch but i mean like you're you're they're going to miss shots but it's like when they were at westminster 12 years ago and that's where Mm -hmm. they practiced and Mm -hmm. everyone could go in and watch for free right yeah it's kind of like that it's 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 not everything's going to be perfect and there's going to be those uh moments where somebody lays a turd but also (laughs) i'm i have to keep it professional it's just like it, there's a certain level of decorum that that is is expected when you come to a comedy club. It's Keith Stubbs Club, and I don't want to have this like crazy moment. Last thing they need is like, oh my god, these comics they were talking about Mexicans and then <laughs> black people, and then the host was black, and then he got mad and started smacking everyone in the face, and then there was two hours of the show left. It's like so you have to just move. You have to push on and press through because you know what. I, I, I know some of the comedians. Um, some Every now and then we get those new guys that I don't necessarily know what they're going to say. But I know, like, all right, when when I host, it's like the guys, the more the, the, the more experienced guys, your Marty Archibalds, your Andy Golds, your Guy Seidel's, your Paul Sheffields, uh, Steve Solberg's, they're, they're like your relief pitchers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's yeah. no, seriously. Like, it's like when you're hosting open mic, especially a, a, a huge open mic, you got to know who to go who to, to put in when, it's when it, when it, when it's like, when it right, drops a little yeah, bit. when I, when, when you get a brand new guy, uh, who's, you know, just lays up the worst bomb ever. I'm like, all right, 
you know, I, you know, I slap it. I'm like, I need somebody to relieve Time this. To suit up. Yeah, suit up. <laughs> you know, and you want to spread us out. You want to spread them out, and it's a, it's an. I, I think it's an honor to be called as a, a as a relief comic to come in and live up the crowd because there's, and that's it's it's kind of like our levels of respect, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I let them deal with it because you never know. It could be it could turn into something great. But who am I to judge? I, I don't necessarily go too much into race. Even though I do, but it's it's never more attacking. It, it's uh it's always to poke fun of. Because I mean, let's be honest. Being a black dude in in Utah is is just it's not a negative experience. It's just a unique experience. And I don't want it to seem like I'm when if I'm talking about it, I'm I'm complaining about it. I'm just more clarifying because it is a unique experience that makes that's a part of my life. Well, I like your life, and I th- it's I like my life. And it's tremendously <laughs> fun to watch you entertain me and watch. the crowd. Yeah, no, you'll have to see Jay Whitaker. He's phenomenal. Thank you. And you get better every time I see you. Well, thanks. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got. Can I plug some shows? You can plug some yes. shows. I'll, plug I'll do your a, Twitter. I'll do, do all, all that very stuff. quickly. All right. Um, let's see. Today, it, tomorrow, I will be up in Park City um, at the Wasatch uh, uh, Brewery up there. Uh, I don't know why. I, I sound like that right there. I got a little weird Minnesota <laughs> accent. Be up at the Wasatch Brewery up there. It's going to be great. Yeah, up at Park City. Um, Park City, uh, May 14th, tomorrow. And I'll be up there with uh, Christopher Stevenson, who's a great comedian, and as well as the very, very funny Abby Harrison. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, she um, called me homeless once. <laughs> <laughs> That's Abby. Um, then there's the Always Funny, uh, um, excuse me, It's Always Funny um, in SLC Showcase, which is going to be at Keys on Main, Sunday, May 25th. Yes, we have Jordan coming in. Is yeah. he, we have Jordan coming in this Thursday with it's, Chris and I. So. That's going to be a fun show. Jordan's a great uh Great host. There's gonna uh, Jackson Banks is gonna be on. Uh, what he's an up and coming talent. He, he is, and that Wallace kid. He is unstoppable. He's yes. a force to be reckoned with. I did a show with him in Colorado. We had a blast. It was a fun drive. We learned a lot of things. <laughs> um, let's see. June fifth, I'll be at Club One uh, Thursday night with a show ho- with Jose Baccio, uh, Jamie Maxfield, Natasha Moyer, and uh, then and Natasha's awesome. June 26th, I'll be headlining. This is the big one. I will be headlining Wise Guys West Valley. It's a Thursday night. It's only $5 to see me. <laughs> Normally, tickets are at least $47 million, but I decided to slash the price for only $5. I'll be there. Yeah, so $5 on a Thursday night. Let's pack the place out. Wise Guys West Valley, June 26th. My black ass i said it. <laughs> and we will plug that we'll do all of that and anytime you want to come back on the show you have an open invitation you guys text me or holler yes. at me and if, if um i want to i want to try and film the film you guys if that's okay with you guys. <laughs> yes. oh. you yeah. can film yeah that's right yeah you, do i need to give you like a <laughs> show vogue yeah, i'll like pretend i don't know the camera oh this whole thing i just threw no, this on this is the, yeah this is the gown that kate hudson wore in, yeah no, you'd be wearing the gown that Kate ah, Hudson wore and How to Lose a Guy dress. in 10 Days. Yeah, the yellow dress. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, that's good. So when we get back from break, we'll have George Severson in. He's probably just leaving the studio now, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So he's phenomenal. We'll he's get in, awesome. We'll get into journalism. We'll get into the state of media. 
will discuss uh, if, in fact, there's Illuminati in television. That's a question I have to ask. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Where did these symbols come from and why? <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys for having me. No, it's our pleasure. It was truly our. So you're at Token J on Twitter. Yes, Token J. One yeah. of the best Twitter guys in Utah. <laughs> I believe that. I, I, that's very kind of you to say. I just try to follow me on Facebook if you don't have Twitter. Uh, T-O-K-E-N-J-A-Y. I just try to be me. Um, I talk about uh, Netflix and and uh, how to lose a guy in ten days, and <laughs> whatever's going on in the news, and, and uh, <laughs> lots Xanax. of coffee references yeah, in there. Like, whatever. Yes. Yeah. So. so let's go to break before we get in too much trouble for going over, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Yes. Becca, I met the most beautiful girl in the world today on campus. I so want to ask her out, but I'm flat broke. Can you loan me some money, please? Sasha, I could, but I'd rather see you mature and grow up. Save your money so that when you need it, you have it. Who's going to help me achieve that goal? The Personal Money Management Center at the University of Utah. At the Personal Money Management Center, they'll show you how to create a personalized budget, help you plan tuition and student loan payments, and even evaluate potential job offers. It's so tough being responsible. I think I'll give Personal Money Management Center a call. What's their number? 801-585-7379. If that's too hard, you can even check out their website at personal-money-management.utah.edu for more details. Financial freedom and a hot date are only a click away. Green light. Hey girl, school zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi there, I'm Dana Green with ABC4 Utah Sports, and you're listening to KUTE Radio. Yes, hello. Hello, Mr. George Severson. Hello. It is such a pleasure to have you in studio. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. For those of you who don't know, the news director of ABC4 Utah. Uh, don't forget CW30. CW30. <laughs> I would hate for my, uh, my, my second sibling or my second child to be ignored. It would be rude of us to do that. And me TV. And well. me TV. And if you like the old-time uh, memorable television shows like Gilligan's Island, Love Boat, all that kind of crap, the, that's the, the show to watch. We're the number one MeTV affiliate in the nation. Wow. Utah's Seriously? like their old-time family. I love Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island, Love Boat, <laughs> Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Batman and Robin, the original. Awesome television. And you do a great thing with uh, 
Craig Worth, who works at the University of Utah. Yeah. Worth watching. Worth watching. And he takes all those historians back into history of and, and Utah. And, you know, historians of all ages. Like, I don't know if you saw this Sunday's show or this Sunday's. So Craig Worth, worth watching. Wonderful, wonderful storyteller. Probably the best storyteller I've ever worked yes, with. Yes, Broadcast Hall of Famer. Yeah, and, and definitely one of the best in Utah where just he, he has this style uh, that just no one else can – can can do where he can take just any, any kind of a picture off a wall you know from 1920 and tell this awesome story about it <laughs> and he's just really great and you guys here at the U are so lucky yes. and fortunate to have him as a professor and his camera angles are amazing the way he ties his tie the <laughs> the, the, the how every time you see his hand grip it's will he the same. hear this do you think maybe if, I have one criticism of him okay. What's he looking at when he's on set? <laughs> we need to find that out. You're like, what is Free that? Free pizza for whoever can get me that answer. Done and done. Let's go to the pie. I'll get we'll Johnny them, McKeon on we'll it. Give them tickets. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love Craig. Craig's great. And um, every Sunday night at uh, during our ten o'clock news, he has his worth watching. And now he's sitting alongside his uh, his old buddy, and I, I say old with all respect, uh, Randall Carlyle. So we have <laughs> Randall Carlyle who was on the air here at ABC4 for, gosh, like 18 years. Mm -hmm. He and Brent Hunsucker. Uh, Brent was there. Kimberly Perkins was Randall's uh, co-anchor for a long, long time. Um, He's also sat next to Ruth Todd. You were his producer. Amy Amy Troy. So many people. So many great people. It's so great to have a guy like Randall Carlyle back on ABC4 on Saturdays and Sundays helming our weekend newscasters. (laughs) He can just put stories into perspective. And I'll tell you this. If you're if you're a, a, anybody interested in communications or broadcasting, and you're a producer, you want to have an anchor like Randall because I may know like two little facts about a story, whisper it in his ear and say, "We've got breaking news. Here's what's going on. I know this and this." He can talk about it for ten minutes and make it sound like <laughs> you're the most informed person ever just because you heard that. Because he's a great ad libber and he's comfortable in his job. Exactly. He's, a lot of we were. Talking about the, she hadn't heard the, I think it's, I don't remember what the call numbers are, but when the plane crashed in San Francisco and the girl was doing the uh, holy fook and all that stuff. Watch your mouth. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> the, the, no, uh, it's, it's the, we won't, well, we won't say what affiliate it was, but it wasn't, wasn't my affiliate. Well, I, I have it right here if you Fox. want to pull it up. <laughs> Fox. No, but, but so we were talking about, and she goes, do you think that that lady just made a mistake? And I was saying, what a great question because we have you in here when there's breaking news and you get someone that tr- you know someone that goes against your company because it seemed like it was an intern that wrote that into you know the Chiron machine or the teleprompter yeah. and that completely sabotaged the show got people fired unable to pay their jobs the the anchor almost got suspended mm-hmm. What do you do when something like that yeah. happens? Oh, gosh, I mean, thank God it hasn't it, happened it, to you. It, well, you know, thankfully it hasn't. But you know, I, I, that's part of my job as a news director is I have to watch out for those sort of things, and I have to talk to my staff and make sure that they're trained properly and that they understand our FCC regulations and that they understand our broadcasting ethics. Um, we also need to make sure that uh, producers and anchors are also really paying attention to things that they didn't write that are going to be set out of their mouths or go over their newscast. And uh, in this day and age where interns are utilized quite a bit mm-hmm. as 
sub, you know, supplemental help. Yes. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, they're, they're helping us out because budgets are tight and we've lost staffing. Um, and, I, and I can't speak to what happened in, in San Francisco because sure. I, I wasn't there. But um, what we need to be responsible for, the, the actual staff at that station, is make sure you read through the copy. Somebody didn't read through that copy properly before <laughs> it got to the air point. I mean, that, that itself, somebody should have been fired, not just an intern, should have gotten in trouble and been the scapegoat there. So somebody should have been fired for that anyway. Like as an anchor, like if you're the one reading it, is it worse for you to like not read what you're supposed to? Or if you caught that, would you like, oh, you we better, don't know the names of the yeah. pilots, but. You better correct it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, it was cleverly written. So <laughs> I hope that kid or whoever wrote it has a great career in comedy somewhere, some <laughs> someplace. But um, I mean, it was cleverly written as horrible as it was. Yeah. But for somebody not to catch on to that. Prior somewhere through along a copy the line. edit read that was pretty bad. But if if an anchor is hasn't done their job and is on the air and starts seeing something like that, it's best to stop and just yeah. say, you know, excuse me, we're having trouble with the teleprompter, or, or you know, uh, some of these names haven't been confirmed. Let's we'll, we'll get back to that. For our new listeners that haven't listened, it's 13 seconds. I'll play it real quick and then we'll move on. From oh my just gosh, so we're going to listen right. to it. Yes, yeah. it's funny. Good KTV Lord. has just learned the names of the four pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sum Ting Wong, Wee <laughs> Tu Lo, Ho Li Fook, and Bang Ding Ao. Bing, ding, ow. Ow is correct. There's no excuse for that. There really isn't an excuse for that one. No, and you know what? You have to remember, too. I I mean, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't deliberate. Well, and, you know, and I think movies like Anchorman don't really help the cause very well. (laughs) (laughs) However, I mean, however great those movies are. Do you like them? I do like them. I am a fan of them. I, actually, I think I liked one better than, way better than yeah, two. Yeah, the second one was. But, um, you know, for it to get that far. And then you have to remember what really the report was about. And yeah. that's just devastating. That's that's really tragic. So, you know, I feel bad for that, that anchor lady that she didn't catch that prior. Because that's her reputation. And it's a tough and spot. And it's the station's reputation. And I think the news director was replaced if i remember correctly. i know several producers i, I think the director was let go too yeah. it was just a sad day in media because i don't i don't want to go work there <laughs> <laughs> so i am a student of journalism i graduated yeah. with a degree in journalism and one of the things that we were really you interned for us i interned for you, you. i got i was lucky to get hired by you yeah yes um and quit like within weeks uh, for pete's sake no, a couple of months <laughs> i it was one of the i don't know if it was a bad decision on my part but there's not a, and i mean this with all seriousness there's not a day that goes by that i don't wish i was there oh, and here's you. the reason it's not the content of what you guys create it's not the avenue of media I've never been in a building when every single person says hello to you with a genuine smile. And whether it was people that were leaving because of, you know, Nexstar coming in Mm -hmm. or the people that were coming in, it was immediately a handshake, a hello, how you doing, Sasha? And I've never had that in any other uh, job I've worked at. And I miss that every single day. Oh, wow. That's so nice to hear. Actually, that really touches my heart because... You know, it's been a. T- I, I've been with the station for uh, just uh, over 13 months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with the station for 10 years. I was executive producer of news and uh, created a little show called Good Things Utah back in, gosh, 
almost 13 years ago um, and oversaw morning morning programming and morning news specifically and Good Things Utah. Um, then went away for about three and a half years and just came back a, a year ago last March. And the station had been, the station's been through some hard times. That station's got a long history. You have to remember, it's one of the first commercial television stations the in, the, first, in the country. The first television yes. station in Utah. Uh, the first in Utah and yep. one of the very first commercial independently owned television stations in the country. So it has a really rich history. And it actually, um, KTVX in general, um, had other call letters back in the day, but um, KTVX is what it's been known in modern times. Uh, in modern days, I, I guess, uh, has has had some really great moments. In the 80s, it was a very strong uh, station. We've, we're one of the most award-winning news news program departments in, in the state, even when our news ratings have been low. So I like to tell people that, you know what, we're a really, really good news program that people aren't watching. You know, our numbers aren't that great right now in the news, but it's because we've had some ups and downs. We've had a lot of rotating people coming in and out. And the news business is about familiarity and trust. And so we're trying to rebuild that with bringing, bringing back a few people of familiar faces like Randall Carlisle and Craig Wirth, um, but also incorporating fresh, young talent. And, the Nadia and, Crows. And new yeah. Nadia Crow, Kim Fisher, Don Hudson's mm-hmm. back. But a lot of these people also have huge ties to Utah. Don Hudson. Well, he didn't go to the U, but he went to that other school to the south. Glenn Mills did that. <laughs> Glenn Mills. Hey, I can name two Utes that are on my staff right now. Um, a fairly recent graduate is Felicia Martinez. Yes. Um, I think she was like queen cheerleader here or something like that. <laughs> she's, always back, she's always back at homecoming, back on the field, dancing her butt off. Oh, and funny. so that's great. But she, you know, and then um, Glenn Mills, yeah, who, who Glenn was brought back as our weekend anchor, but we've just done a transition where now we're doing solo anchors with Randall Carlisle. And Glenn, I'm so happy and pleased. Glenn, in the short time he's been with our station, has probably, I, I like to call him king of the hill. Yes. You know, watch out Rod Decker over <laughs> there at Channel 2 and whoever does politics over at Channel 5 and 13. But uh, Glenn Mills is kicking some butt up on Capitol Hill. He's he's our chief political correspondent, and he is telling great stories. He's made some great relationships up there, and uh, he's working for Utah. You know, we're so Glenn, here's, in my mind, his strengths. He's very honest. Mm-hmm. He's trustworthy, yeah. and he's a phenomenal writer. He is. Maybe he's, not phenomenal, but he's a very, he's very a good writer. very talented writer, yeah. and, and you know what? And he really does care. He grew up here. Um, he didn't just go to the U. He he actually uh, graduated, I think, somewhere in the Jordan School District. Um, was born, raised here. He understands the old time politics of players here. He understands the the where the state is headed and where it needs to go. And he's really good about bringing the various parties together and asking them those questions. He's not afraid to shy. He doesn't shy away from tough questions. And I think that's really important to a political reporter. Is that you know. But you need to respect. You have to cover your institutions respectfully here. Yeah. So that's really important. So there's a great jumping point. I was taught as a student that the goal of a journalist is to be a window between their community and their government. Mm -hmm. It seems that... A watchdog. Sure. A watchdog Mm -hmm. works too. It seems to me that that window is getting smaller and smaller, that governments aren't very interested in sharing with the journalists when it's a constitutional amendment and it's important for a democracy to have good journalism. Can you give me some insight on why this is going on? You know, I think 
you know, in, in our in this current time right now, where a person can become an instant um, celebrity via the internet or just by putting out some sort of thing that goes viral, um, you know, for good and bad reasons. I, I think politicians um, that are more interested in their career than the reason they probably, hopefully, they got into politics to be for the people and to, to do some good and to work together to create a better living and life for all of us that, that they're leading and representing. Uh, but I think some of them get that they need to have a relationship with reporters and news stations and use it to disclose what they're working on, explain what they're working on, and get their message across, and that there's a give and take with us that, you know, we're here to... Um, distribute their information so that it gets out to the masses, it gets out to the voters, it gets out to the people that they need the support from, but it also helps them explain why the laws are necessary and what they're doing. I think some politicians these days really just want to see, technically, you know, to see their name in lights or to see themselves on TV or to hear themselves on the radio or to hear them on a podcast or on the internet or something like that, and they just like to hear themselves speak, and I think that's unfortunate. Um, I, I, I think that we have some smart politicians here in Utah who know how to work well with the media, um, but there's some that also know how to manipulate it, and there's some that just jump in front of the cameras and in front of the radio microphones, and they don't really care what they're saying. They just say it. And There's some people that uh, do it with pride and with a reason. Jim DeBacchus recently has been coming around towns with uh, the crisis with the Tribune and trying to build up support for that mm -hmm. and with gay marriage and equality in the state of Utah and so there's you're right with there's two sides mm -hmm. of you know the government you get the good and the bad and yeah. well you know and um, Tabacchus is a really good example because you know you have somebody like Jim Tabacchus who's the current sitting uh, uh, Democratic senator mm -hmm. um, also the former chair of the Democratic Party and his counterpart uh, you know every Thursday at during our six o'clock news, we have a, um, a segment called Together for Utah. Jim DeBacchus represents the left or the Democratic perspective, and his former counterpart with the Republican Party, the former chair Thomas Wright, represents obviously the right is right. <laughs> <laughs> represents the the the, the, the Republican perspective. Thomas is a wonderful guy too, and those two are so funny because they don't agree on everything, but they're finding common ground. And they're, they're coming together and working together, as our segment is called, for Utah to find a way to look past the differences or to make a compromise that works for the greater good. And that I, I have trust in that. I'm a political science that was my second major. And so pol politics is really important to me and very intriguing. And those two guys, watching those two guys to work together every week is just amazing because... I love how they disagree. I, actually, it's, you know, I'm not amazed whatsoever in their agreements because it's like, well, we're humans. We all can come to compromises and agreements and things. But when they disagree and watching them work through those disagreements is really amazing to me. And I love to see that because I, <laughs> I think we can do that in life, whether you're a politician or whatever. Hey, if you and I are having a disagreement on the street about Hey, that movie sucked, man. It was horrible. <laughs> you know, no, I thought it was awesome. No, it sucked. Well, you guys got to figure it out or just agree to say, well, it wasn't what I liked, but glad you liked it. I wish I had my 10 bucks back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see yourself as having a responsibility to 
the citizens of Utah to create those dialogues on TV? You know what, I think, I, I take my responsibility as being a news director of a major television station, uh, three uh, stations. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> to, you know, really, really um, seriously for, for, for one of those reasons being, um, I have to be very careful what we're putting out there and I, I don't want it to be opinion. It's certainly never my opinion. I try to be, as you were talking earlier, a window, mm -hmm. or more like a mirror might be a better a reflection of what's really happening. You know, the news media to me should just put up a mirror to what's happening in reality and reflect it back so that the viewers that weren't able to physically be there to witness it themselves are seeing it, and then they can take away from the emotions and the stories and the words that we're expressing and sharing. They can take it away, dissect it apart however they need to, or ingest it, and and uh, interpret it and figure out what it means to them in their lives. Uh, I, I take that very seriously. I, I'm not out there to slant anything one way or the other because so many stories actually have more than two ways. There's three or four different perspectives to everything. So, Is there pressure uh, that come from your upper bosses or, that, or from watching other stations throughout the country or the world to create a slant? You know, because you'll watch Fox 13 with the Bill O'Reilly's and or the MSNBCs, and they draw a tremendous numbers. Not necessarily Fox 13, but Fox Network. You mean Fox, Fox Network, Network, yes, not not local Fox 13. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I think Bob Evans might take offense. To and me. he should. He should come <laughs> and punish me. <laughs> but do, do you understand what I'm saying, yeah. where you get these tremendously successful talk shows, but they're slanted, and then you're supposed to be a news outlet where you have to stay as far away from well, possible. Well, I, I find a, you know, in my household, so, so, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gay and I'm, I've been married to the same man for 14 years. Well, I've been married in the state of New York, but yes. we're, you know, we're, we're going in that direction here in Utah, apparently. But, um, you know, he and I are very funny because he watches those kind of shows and takes them as for fact. Mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> doesn't watch O'Reilly, but, you know, he, <laughs> He might watch Stewart or you know whoever, and uh, those are facts to him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and Mar Mar with real time, um, and I always have to say, but there's, you know what, the topics might be real life, and those are real perspectives coming from people, but I think there's a definite slant in there, and it's inf it's entertainment, it's info, in, you know, they they those shows aren't there to necessarily. Inform, inform or represent true reality. I think those shows are out there to to provide a certain audience what they want to hear. Is my that's my opinion. But, Makes sense. And but you know and, and you know I, I actually like to tune in to O'Reilly and uh, those guys and uh, uh, and listen in once in a while and see what they have to say because you know they make they, there are some good points there. It's just when they take it to one extreme or the other that it gets a little confusing. But you can't take that type of format you know, to your shows, right? Your local news shouldn't do that kind of stuff, no. I mean, if you do, just be open about it mm -hmm. and say this is, this is an opinion. This is an op-ed piece. You know, the local newspapers do it. The newspapers have op-eds, and, and they disclose that. Um, you know, and, and some television stations do that as well. They have editorials from the, an editorial board or uh, the general manager or even the news director will get up and do like a weekly editorial on a story. But they have to disclose that and they have to say that, you know, and we it goes. Well, there's a lot of things that we have to disclose. So if, say we got some provided 
um, video from a source that we didn't shoot it, we didn't produce it, mm -hmm. but we were editing it into a story or we were showing this beautiful commercial that was provided to us by, let's just say, de you know, the Department of Wild and Natural Resources or whatever, we should disclose that this, hey, we didn't go out and our photo team didn't shoot this, it came from them this beautiful shot of a rainbow and a river running <laughs> through it and all this kind of stuff. So Kosek and uh, Jim Kosek and Kylie Bruce do a great job with bringing in, uh, I don't know, fan or audience pictures. Into photos? Their yes. Yeah, they <laughs> love photos. Kylie's awesome about it. Jim is too. Curtis, Curtis is good. Curtis, Curtis gets out so much more than mm. those guys anyway. So Curtis uh, Ray in the morning, he likes to just throw photos that he went out and did because he's such an outdoor adventurous. Yes. You know, I, I would think that he would appeal to uh, the youth out here and uh, that young adventurous crowd uh, so check him out in some the of the, in the mornings and great conversations I've ever had were with him when you know we were just outside talking or with walking Curtis was, Ray yeah wow he's a very smart man he is a smart guy he doesn't show me that side very often <laughs> <laughs> You'll, but, I'll take your word for it I mean what is, <laughs> he's my age a 33 34 year old guy he's a very talented meteorologist yeah I mean Tom I'm lucky market, I've got yeah. a great I have a great great weather team so you do mm-hmm it's not just Marcus Ortiz. What's it like working with him? Oh, my gosh. Marcos is Marcos is amazing. You know, Marcos is a guy who's been in the market for a long time. Forever. And uh, he's a great storyteller. He's one of those reporters that you can sit next to him in the morning meeting. So, you know, what? you've seen the shows where they show the news people all getting together and they have like a news meeting. And they decide the world and how <laughs> we're going to portray the world and all that kind of stuff. So Marcos always comes to the meetings, the news huddles with great story ideas. Marcos has a spe specific beat or um, slice of life that he usually follows for us. And it's usually court cases, crime. Uh, and, he, and he's got a great nose for following those types of stories. And sharing them and telling them in a way that make them relevant and why we should care. You know, there's so much. Utah actually has a pretty low crime rate, but we, we've seen some spikes in crime. It doesn't lately. seem like it. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I was just, a, a corporate boss of mine was just saying that the other day, saying, gosh, you guys have a pretty low crime rate compared to the rest of the, the world. And I said, I know, but you know, when crime happens here, it's pretty serious. I mean, families killing each other, and it, yeah. whether in, in, in you know intentional or accidental, and, you know, we just have a lot of, serious crime that just shakes our world when it happens. Well, Marcus is really good about telling those stories. Just last week, he had a great exclusive that the other stations had to chase us uh, after and, and get on it with um, a family that's facing some charges over spanking. Mm -hmm. um, and it just created this, you know, major, great, I mean, a great conversation, especially for social media and uh, over the internet was, is spanking a crime? You know, is it child abuse? And at what level, you know, can a, can a parent, you know, um, spank, spank their child or um, or should they not spank at all? So, uh, you know, I'd love to know what 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 the young parents in the, the college. Did. I had that experience. Uh, my son's grandmother spanked my son when he was about two. Wow. And I, I, it wasn't a paddle. It might have been a ruler or something. And it made me very angry. And when I get mad, I have a very stern voice and I have very powerful uh -huh. eyes. And the grandma got very scared. I don't think she thought I was going to hit her. But I said, hey, you do not have the right to hit my son. Right. I've never hit my son, and he's 11 now. And I don't think it's necessary to hit a little human being that's clueless. Well, it's just teaching that anger means, yeah. like, you respond to that with, okay, this is how you teach people to be good. You mm -hmm. just make them hurt. 
Well, it's negative. It's the it's, it's responding weird. to negatives with a negative. Yes. Yeah. And my son goes to bed at 8.30, 9 o'clock on the weekends. He's very well-behaved, goes to charter schools, learning a second language. And as where when I was a little boy, I was the most disobedient kid on mm. the planet. <laughs> like, I should have been beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. No, no one should <laughs> no, ever be beat. Of course not. <laughs> but, Sasha. <laughs> but so when I see my, when my son was spanked, it hurt my feelings. It's right. like, you don't have that right to do that to a human well, being. Well, somebody, well, you know, and, and, and who, disciplinarians, who has the right to be the disciplinary? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a parental, that's a parental right, unless the, parental, the parent has given another guardian that, saying, you know what, if I'm not here, I want you to discipline them. But you need to make it very clear, you know, that you need to make it very clear what kind of discipline. You know, uh, I, I, didn't get, I didn't get spanked as a child. I was a spoiled brat. But, uh, you know, I feel like it turned out okay. But um, I, I, I was spanked once, and I remember it so clearly. But, you know, I, and uh, but I think I deserved it. I can't remember what I did exactly, but I'm sure I deserved it. <laughs> I'm sure I deserved a little paddling. But I, I, I think there's a difference between a slap on like the, a slap on the butt and, and then somebody grabbing a belt or a piece of wood or something that, I mean, choking. That's, that's taking it too far. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But those are the kind of stories that we have to deal deal with, and you know, and 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 I, um, you know, at Channel Four we have this uh, overall umbrella message that we're good for you, Tom. Really, what that means is that we're trying to represent the state. And you take a look at your own campus. Take a look at the, across the campus once and see who's all out there. You've got people of all different, um, well, obviously genders, um, sexual preferences, um, political um, followings. Uh, race, ethnicities, nationalities, everything. Well, if you tie it all together, we're all living here, calling this place our home. So that all makes us Utahns. And that's what our mantra is right now, is that we really want to be good for Utah. And we want to represent and tell the stories of everybody, that we all have this common, common, common shared um, interest of being a, a resident of the state. And we want this place to be the best it can be for our, ourselves and, and hopefully our neighbors as well. So that's where the good for Utah comes from. And, um, but it doesn't mean that we're telling fluffy, oh, butterflies and puppy dogs and those kind of stories. Some of those will be out there, but some of them are going to be stories about, hey, we have to have this conversation about how far yeah. can you go with disciplining your children? Why is this family facing charges for, for spanking? Those are good for Utah to have those conversations. You know, and also, you know, when we say a story is good for Utah, it doesn't necessarily mean that the topic was was necessarily pleasant. It just means that the conversations that we're having and we're opening and we're providing that platform for us to have it, that's good for Utah. With giving the news to the people, one of the criticisms I have with news, and I'm not singling out ABC4 or any network in the state of Utah or nationally, I just, it's common, is that, you know, they say if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of murder, you get a lot of uh, horrific accidents, pedestrian accidents, suicides. Sometimes as in my viewership, I say, all right, enough is enough. I know that there's tragedy. Can we get some happy news? What is your stance on if it bleeds, it leads? Or, you know, do news stations overdo the crimes? You know, crime, crime stories are tricky because research will show us, research, research in the state of Utah shows that the number one, and actually across 
the country and most news markets, the number one reason people watch their local news is for weather. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Weather and sports, sir. It's the no sports is one of the lowest Ooh. is one of the lowest reasons for sports scores. Because they can get that now. They don't have to turn yeah. to their local news. They can get it off the internet. They can get it off, you know, can get it off at ESPN or wherever. Sports is, is usually one of the lowest interest levels for your local news. Sports stories, stories about local athletes, those become local stories. And so they like to tune in for those kind of things. But usually your top, uh, your top three things are um, weather, hands down, nothing beats it, and uh, breaking news. Well, most breaking news things are unpleasant. They're related to disasters or horrific weather incident, incidents mm-hmm. or, or major crime, explosions, yeah. um, public safety things. So you have to kind of, we have to, as news, as news managers and decision makers of what we're going to cover, we have to figure out how to decipher those interests and those needs because we also have to, report things for the public safety yeah if, if we're talking about a if we're talking about a, a rapist that's hitting the university of utah's campus or a groper down at byu or something you know that that's crime but it's a public safety issue and i know if i had a daughter on that campus or a son i'd want them to be aware hey there's yeah. some freak out there that's not you know be careful so i don't believe in the if it bleeds it leads I believe in great storytelling mm-hmm. and listening to the viewers and, and providing them what they want. And when you do research and you just even, t- and by research, I mean it could be as simple as going to a campus or going out to an event and talking to 100 people while you're there and finding out why they watch the local news. And you'll, you'll hear it. a lot of them want to hear, you know, well, I like the, the weather. I like my people. I like to be connected to the community. I like to know what's going on. And then a lot of them will tell you that, you know what, I do like to know if there's car break-ins in my neighborhood or if there's a rash of house um, break-ins in in my neighborhood or is my neighborhood starting to get infiltrated by drugs, Mm -hmm. you know. So what you have to do is you have to find that balance of trying to inform people and and also not making their news so, oh, my gosh, I just want to. Go get in the hot tub, you know, and, I think and go like there. it's like a support thing, too, though, because the more I think about, like, those kinds of tragedies as opposed to, like, these guys all graduated today. Congrats. Right. It's like you need to know where to support your community because a lot of those tragedies, you find that people tune in and then they set up funds or they Positive latch response. onto something and they're like, let me help you through this. And so I think that's probably why there's so much popularity over tragic events mm-hmm. because people know where to go to help people or find out what families are going through something really tragic right. or something like that. Well, and that's how you that's how you can take that's how you can take a story let's just say a story of a of a family who um, you know a few months back we had that tragic story down in Utah County I believe where um, the father killed his family and then turned the gun on himself. And um, you take that and huh, you know a that's just so bizarre. So there's just inherent human interest in that. And how did that happen? And the fact that he was a police officer also adds to more curiosity and mm-hmm. interest to it. But then you start looking into other things about those stories and you start wondering about the survivors, the, the mother-in-laws and the in-laws and the cousins and the sisters and the brothers and the fathers. And, and you're like in the grandpas and grandmas, and you're like, well, how are they, sur- how are they sur- moving on? And, and you, you have to look at, those kind of it's exactly what you're saying it's 
you by telling those, you know you're reporting something, and the way that you can report it can be just very matter-of-factly, or you can try to have some compassion in your storytelling and say, and you know, and, and some of those things sometimes, uh, that case I think is still under investigation, but is there a reason, what happened there? Was there was there mental illness? Was there some, some sort of, um, you know, uh, drug use or something? Who knows? Who, who knows? But you, those, you, you, you tell those stories and you hope that by telling them that you're, you're also going to educate some families or create some awareness of, hey, maybe this might be good. Check for, good for, check, for war- check for warning signs, you know, yeah. if, if there are some, just be aware. Hmm. We have to be responsible for it. You know, I, w- I went to something not too long ago. It was a, um, a health seminar, a mental health seminar, and I, I attended a really great conversation about how journalists can report uh, about suicides and what our responsibilities are. You know, it's, a, it's kind of an unspoken rule or a common rule amongst our industry that we don't cover suicides per se because some, an element of suicides typically is that they're seeking some sort of attention or something. So for, for us to cover them and give them, give them attention, is that supporting mm-hmm. the act and the action? Um, but this seminar had... As in copycat suicides, right? Correct. Or, you know, but there are, some, there are some incidents of suicides that become public suicides or newsworthy because of the way that they were executed or the way it happened or something like that. And so there are, there, even amongst ourselves in our own industry, we have to, we have to go, oh, gosh, okay, yeah, that, was, that death ended up being a suicide. Is this one that we cover because of the circumstances surrounding it? And I think what I really enjoyed about the seminar that I attended was hearing from the professionals that are supposed to be the experts in that Mm -hmm. explain to us, all right, if you are going to report it, follow it up with this information. Make sure that you direct people where they can find help. Make sure that they make sure you're using the proper words about about suicide and and that, you know, because um, if you have that audience uh, viewer watching and they start thinking about it, you want to give them. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. So. Yeah, you know, crime's a hard one. It's a hard topic. I never thought about how topic. tricky that must be. It is tricky. Nothing's easy in the news. <laughs> so why, why did you get into news? Because you've become tremendously successful in news. Well, thank you. You <laughs> obviously have a tremendous work ethic. I mean, I, I've seen you at that studio at 4 in the morning. I've seen you there at 1045 at night. It seems like you're always there. I'm a little crazy, aren't I? Yeah, I doubt that. You know? <laughs> um, you know, I got into it from an interesting perspective. I grew up in Minnesota, and um, my family's very important. Midwest. I am Midwest. <laughs> shout out. Um, my family's really important to me. I'm one of those. I grew up one of those families where every Sunday, regardless of whether you were, you know, whatever you were doing, you tried to make it home to mom and dad's to have Sunday dinner. And sometimes I'm the, the youngest of eight children. Whoa. You know, so um, it was crazy because th- there'd be sometimes where there'd be 20, 30 of us there. Sometimes there'd be. 10, you know, or even just five because so many had so many different things going. So uh, communicating and being connected to my family and co- being connected to my, what my, was my community, mm-hmm. um, it was really important to me. And I went away and went to boarding school in Austria um, oh. for my final year of, of high school slash first year of college. And while I spent that year and a half abroad, um, when I went to school, I was going to become a psychiatrist. <laughs> While I was there, I found out how important it was to communicate. 
and to stay connected with your your community. And um, back then, CNN International was a big deal and, and uh, was one of our only options. So I watched a lot of CNN International news and I would listen to, uh, well, I'd watch Austrian television news and, and stay connected and stay up on, on tune what was going on in America and, and things like that. And then I started writing. I wrote a lot, um, journaling. I wrote a lot of letters every week to my family, different family members. And just that flow of communication going back and forth just was so was so great. It was really profound. And um, I knew right then and there as I my time abroad came to a close that I wanted to switch it up and I wanted to go to journalism school and become a writer. So I actually became a newspaper reporter and I, I have a mass communications degree and mm-hmm. uh, and um, but I focused on print and a little bit of broadcast and then. I was a liaison between a newspaper that I was working for and a, and a television station in Minneapolis, and I got uh, I got persuaded to the dark side because back <laughs> then television paid more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still, probably does. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's e- evened out a little bit. Do you worry about media and journalism and it leaving our communities? Because you know, in Salt Lake, we are having troubles with the Tribune. We have declined numbers with. All of the all of the local television, I think that's fair to say. I don't understand why people don't watch the news. I don't understand why people don't read the news. Have you? Because I bet you and your team spend a lot of time thinking about how to engage the community. Mm-hmm. Well, what are well, some of your thoughts on that? And the college, the college community, and the college age um, demographic is an important one to us because they aren't currently active news viewers. Mm-hmm. Television, they're not active television viewers. They you know, I've got my iPad sitting in front of me, and mm-hmm. they, they look at that to watch their TV shows or their YouTube videos or whatever. Um, they they turn to their their mobile media, their phones, um, their desktop. Even I think journalism isn't going to go anywhere. There out, there's always going to be a needed need for journalism. I think television is isn't is a safe medium for right now for a while. It's there's still a lot of people that are getting their news through that way. Um, I think radio is still is still fairly safe. Newsprint, I think, is is changing more rapidly because of the internet and um, environmental and, awareness. Yeah, and I yeah. think they're switching it up, and they're they're going to have to be digital newspapers more and more and em- embrace that. And I think television might have to go in that direction as well, and it has already. Social media, um, all of those different things become so important to us in the ways that we connect and what and um, with viewers or users or whatever you want to call it now. But I think I think what's really important for us on the production side is to remember that. So let's just say we're doing three things: we're producing for the traditional television set, producing for mobile media, and producing for our desktop. We need to produce specific content for each of those mediums and outlets. We can't just produce it anymore for television, then put it on the desktop, and then push it out over social media. And you can't media. borrow the content either from other places. No. Well, yeah. gosh, you have to be careful. <laughs> Co- copyright infringement is one of the hottest topics in our industry right now. And should be. It totally should be. If you go out right now and shoot this awesome video of you and your buddies doing something out on in, out, out in the campus and it goes viral, and I just find it and I go and pull it off and throw it on my on my on my station you might get mad at me and you could by all rights you could say hey who gave you that permission to do mm-hmm. that even though you've posted it to youtube 
that gives you, us no right to go and grab that off of YouTube. We can bring it up on our laptop and shoot it and say, hey, look at this. This is a really cool video that's making it on YouTube out there. But I can't just pull it, make it look like it's my own and use it as B-roll, as we call it. That's a no-no. You can come after me for that. I would never think of that. Don't. <laughs> Don't. So I know you got to get out of here in a second. For the students here and for just the people who aren't students, how do you develop a good work ethic? Like, what are the traits to really developing a good work ethic? Well, I think, you know, I've noticed this a lot. And, and you know, for, you know, define student. And student can be so many different ages. Mm-hmm. I've, didn't, you, didn't somebody just the age of 77 just graduate from the University yes. of Utah? Yes. So I'm that's awesome. And that's a student. You know, so I can't come down and beg on the millennials, you know. Um, but there is a difference. The millennials have a weird have a weird work <laughs> ethic compared to I'm what am I? Gen- I think I'm the tail end of Generation X. Um, I am. I'm 44. I'm so. 33. And uh, so the uh, you know, and I think Generation Y just got sucked right into the millennials or something. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so that's kind of weird. I think what's really important is that the um, for a good work ethic, ethic for me is. I'm the type of manager who likes to give people opportunity and I like to, I like to bring them in and, and I'll do what I need to do to help train somebody and help them learn this is what I expect of you and this is what I want to see from you, but I don't want to be a babysitter. I don't, I don't want to be a dictator. I don't want to be a micromanager. I want to see that person embrace the opportunity and show me what they have. You know, if I'm hiring somebody or if I'm managing somebody, I'm doing it because I trust in their abilities and I trust in their uh, in their intelligence and I want to see them be creative and be successful and take ownership in what they're working on. And I think um, I think the students of this age want things so fast because they're used to getting it fast off of the internet or for technology reasons. And I'd say slow down. Don't don't expect those immediate results. You can't be Barbara Walters immediately. You know <laughs> you can't be. Katie Couric, or you can't, you know, you be yourself, you, be yourself. Yeah. And, and you know what, do the work you've, you've got to put in the muscle Respect and time. you, you have to, you know, in my industry, you're going to have to go to Pocatello, Idaho and work for $6 an hour for a year before you can come back to Salt Lake city or, you know, and it, it, it doesn't have, mean that's always the case. You know, I've hired some, I'm um, some very talented people right out of college. They're a little green and they have some work to do, but I see great potential in them, and that's why I hired them. I didn't hire, I, you know, and but they they have they have to do the the due diligence as well. They have to put the hard work in and improve. And I think that's important for all of us. I don't care what you do. If you want to go work at the movie theater for the rest of your life, you know, make that commitment, and you just go and be the best ticket taker ever, <laughs> you know, or you better serve me that best buttered popcorn ever. <laughs> Last question here: Where did you learn your patience, or where did you? envelop your great sense of patience my mother yeah (laughs) you know what i i try i truly i don't want to get spiritual with you but please i have a higher power that i pray to every day that i ask to give me i'm not kidding and as i'm driving to work i pray that i have patience for for myself (laughs) and for the people around me but i i um it's hard uh, because i i do have i have I have expectations in people that, you know, hey, I want you to work work at this with me. And I don't want them to be, um, I, don't, I don't want my, I don't want to lose patience with anybody because I want to show them respect with all I do. But, you know, I think you learn that from, from your parents or 
from a from a role model. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a grandparent or just a, somebody else in your life that that shows you. And I've had some great examples in my life. Well, you're a great man, and well, thank you. You were <laughs> a great that. boss to me, and I and I and I, I generally, you know, I've left places, and I've never thought about it again. And like I said earlier, it's uh, it's tremendous to watch. Uh, the type of human beings you have in your studio. Well, cool. I have openings. Come on back. I'd love to. I'm, yeah, I'm I'll put, even take a four in the I'll morning job. I'll put a plug. I, done what? Done. Done I have done. three positions open for our morning show. <laughs> when do you want me? Uh, there you go. No, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, go to abc4.com for... Actually, we just changed. Oh, I'm such a... Ooh. Channel 4 changes a lot of things really fast. You can't blink. But we're trying to be more consistent, and I think we found something we're going to stick with for a while, hopefully forever. Um, <laughs> we are, guess what? Okay. Goodforutah.com. Beautiful. Goodforutah.com. Four with F-O-R, or like a number. With the number for our <laughs> channel four. Okay. Which is a, slightly hurts the feelings of my sister station, CW30. <laughs> <laughs> so I know in the coming month or so, we're going to have your boss in, Richard Dutre-Jones. That's one, very brave of you. One of the greatest men <laughs> I've ever met. Uh, it was Father's Day you last... You won't get a word in edgewise, you know. Oh, I will. <laughs> no. Uh, we, I've interviewed him before, and it, it was a lot of fun. And last he Father's Day, I was working, and he wrote this letter to the whole staff mm-hmm. about being a father and the amount of courage and humility it takes to be a father. Mm-hmm. And that never left. And I still have it in my email. I read it about once a month when I'm down or blue. And so I can't wait to have him in. And He's a good guest. And he's got a great voice for radio. He's got a beautiful <laughs> voice. And, he, and he's a very powerful man. I wouldn't say he's, you know, a type A personality. But he, when he's in a room, attention goes to his eyes. And mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of men like that these days. Yep. And he's earned it. Yes, so. he has. Um, everyone, enjoy ABC. You guys do tremendous work. Thank you. And that's about all I can say. Thursday, Rebecca and I will be back with our co-host, Chris yes. Hollyfield from the I Am Salt Lake podcast. We'll have Jordan Mazadian. Uh, he's a local comedian. He's got a great blog, the I Am Funny blog. <laughs> so, And then we'll be back every Tuesday and Thursday from 6 to 9 throughout the summer. So we appreciate you. And Thank you for listening. And we are out here. So we'll be back next week. Go yes. Utes. Got no reason for the things I fear, the things that plague me when I see and hear. Dimes a nickel and a nickel's none. I throw myself into the Sunday sun, a summer Sunday when you.